What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Valero Verdict. I am Ricky. Um, with the forthcoming election ahead of us, I have sat down with folks on the Republican side of things, and I've spoken in depth of why they are voting for Trump in the upcoming election. I've discussed policies and stuff like that with them. So I wanted to do the same for the Democratic side and the Biden side. So I've gotten a panel together of individuals who are going to talk about the upcoming election. And of course, the title of the show is Why Joe Biden. Let me introduce the first person on the panel today. Oh, once I click the button, right? Shane, how are you today, buddy? I'm, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Ricky? I'm not too bad. Not too bad. I'm excited to do this panel. Excited to hear you guys' thoughts. Um, you know, you and I cross circles a little bit in the fantasy football world, the Debbie world. So it's kind of nice to, you know, take a step back from right now, you know, in that. And so uh, welcome to the show, friend. No, thanks. Look, I've never done a non-football podcast, so this this will be a new for me. But you know, I, I'm I'm from Pittsburgh here in you know swing state of Pennsylvania, so uh, just just excited to talk about it. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Also joining us today, a friend from uh, the Rizzle platform that we uh, like to use together, Mr. Colt Sebastian Taylor. How are you today, sir? Greetings, Mr. Valero. Yes, it's I, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur. Amateur political pundit, also here in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, also, fun fact, an actual judge of elections. So I'll be running my polling place on Election Day, making sure democracy is protected. Love it. Um, qu quick note, I guess. So, Shane, were you born in Pennsylvania? Born, raised, living in Pittsburgh. So, Colt, were you born in Pennsylvania? Yes, Philadelphia. So I'm sorry. Awesome. I was I was also born in Pennsylvania. I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So look at that. All right. So, so let's go ahead and break association with Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I found another fellow friend from the Rizzle platform. Jessam, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, Ricky. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm excited to have you on here. I appreciate you coming on the show today. My pleasure. Also, another friend of mine, Mr. Tim. How are you today, sir? Hey, Ricky. Good to be here. I'm excited to have you on, man. This is we've talked yeah. about doing podcasts. I've come on your podcast once, and uh, you know, outside of that, you know, we we've conversated on the phone a few times. But this is fun. Right. Thanks for coming on. Well, man. I'm, I'm excited to return the favor. Uh, Fifty year old white man. I've I've talked to you about music. Now I'm going to talk to you about politics. This is great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right, guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a bunch of questions and I'm going to pass it around to the panel and, and let them answer it. Um, so the first question I have for you guys, obviously, before the show, I've, I've sent everybody the questions. I hope everybody has them in front of them. If not, then you can just answer off the top of your head, which is also fine as well. But my first question, obviously, is an easy one. Um, I'm going to let Shane kick it off. Why are you voting for Biden in the upcoming election? I want to prefix with the caveat of saying I would prefer, if you do, that's up to you. I would prefer the name Donald Trump not mentioned in your answers, if that's okay with you guys. So Shane, I'm going to let you kick it off. Absolutely. And look, we'll, we'll get into policy, I think, later in the show. Uh, so, so I think kind of outside of that, to me, it is that, that role of head of state of America that I think Joe Biden uh, is is the guy to lead, right? I, it's a role that I feel like we, we've seen now the importance of being the head of state, of leading the people, of giving confidence, of being honest, of 
um, interacting with foreign countries and foreign leaders. You know, he cares about people. Uh, I think that the most recent town hall kind of showed that and staying after and talking to people and like that. That's what I want in, in my president. And uh, he has a record um, it's sometimes for better and for worse. But, you know, he's he's been there. He, he's done this. And um, to me, I, I, I just really want someone that I can trust to put the best interest of the American people forward. And, and I feel like he's going to do that even when I agree or disagree with him, even when you agree or disagree with him. I think that's going to be his focus. And that's really what I want out of a president. All right, Shane, the follow-up part two there. If you could just name one or two, that's fine. What policies that Joe supports is leading you to vote for him, as you mentioned? Um, so I, I think uh, medical plan is a big one for me. Um, you know, I, there's a number of people that that I'm close with that have you know pre-existing conditions that the Affordable Care Act that a lot of people may not be a fan of, but really uh, allowed them to get insurance at a cheaper rate than they ever could before. And to me, that's like number one. Like I, I don't want to see people that I love sick and and possibly dying. And and that's that's Joe Biden's homework. Um, uh, COVID-19 response. Uh, I, I know he's going to take it seriously as a teacher. Like I'm, I'm right back in the classroom in kind of the front line interacting with people daily. And like, I just you know really want that to happen. Um, and then, you know, third, I'll, I'll say his, his tax plan is something that I agree with. Like, uh, you know, uh, our deficit's gone way up. And so you know, an increase in taxes is going to happen, I think, no matter who's president. And so to do that on over $400,000, um, people that make that much, you know, help provide services for people in need. You know, that's what I'm about. So those are probably my top three right now of, uh, you know, I, I kind of am in line with him right in with those three things. All right, Tim, first question to you, obviously, uh, if you want to interact part one and part two, that's fine as well with your answer. Okay. Um, uh -huh. I should have given Shane that opportunity. Sorry about that. But I guess <laughs> the question part one, obviously, is why are you voting for Biden in the upcoming election? And then if you could give us a couple policies in which that is also leading you to vote for Joe Biden in the upcoming election. Well, it is it is hilarious, your ground rules, right? The, the idea that we're not allowed to say Donald Trump. You know, why are you running out of the burning house and you can't mention fire? Um, the house is on fire, Ricky. And, you know, I, I, I did not vote for Joe Biden in the primaries. I was on uh, team Elizabeth Warren. Um, I, I think she would have been great uh, as our president. But Joe Biden has, has given... Um, the better part of his life to public service. Um, he was a Senator for gosh, I don't know, over 40 years about, and then he was a vice president. Uh, it seemed to me during the Obama years, he was a, a qualified vice president. He helped make uh, a number of those decisions. I assume he was a sounding board for Obama. Um, so policy wise, Gosh, uh, Shane mentioned taxes. Yeah, we need we need more people paying more taxes. We need a, a, a rebuilding of America's roads and bridges, and people have to pay for that. And, you know, you see the signs up that say, you know, stop Biden, stop socialism. I don't even know what they're talking about when they say that. Socialism provides us with schools and fire departments and police departments. Uh, and it's it seems like the GOP rolls it out as this big, scary word. 
I am not afraid of the socialism that will come with Joe Biden. Perfect. Um, follow up over here to Jassim. Why are you voting for Biden in the upcoming election? And what policies that Joe supports is leading you to vote for him? So when you look back at the 2008 recession, you've got Obama and Joe Biden being inaugurated into office. And thanks to their policies and their experiences and their perspective, America has been able to recover from the Great Recession. Right now, we're in another recession and our current president doesn't have experience with getting a nation out of a recession. Joe Biden, he has the experience. That is why I'm voting for him. Now, as for policies, this one might raise some eyebrows, but as an energy investor who wants oil prices to go higher, I like his policy about how he's actually gonna ban fracking only on government land, not on the whole US. By reducing the permits, more like halting the permits of new fracking sites, not only will energy production grind to like a level, kind of like a halt, but it also helps the overall energy market to recover. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Colt, uh, question yes. to you, sir. Uh, why are you voting for Joe Biden in the upcoming election? And then, of course, what policies that Joe supports is leading you to vote for him? Well, I am often reminded of a quote from Ben Franklin when he was the agent uh, for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and Massachusetts over in England representing state interests came back to the, to the colonies and saw what was going on. And I'm paraphrasing here. He said, looking at British policies, boy, this is a real shit show. And this is a tremendous shit show that we're currently operating in. Um, you know, my, my, my previous acclaimed speakers said fine things. Allow me to take, maybe that's such a policy thing, but a more of a meta, a, a meta perspective. It would be great if we could go back to a time where the heads of executive departments are confirmed by the Senate. They're not just hanging out there in an acting capacity. Or the heads of departments within those departments are legally serving as heads of those departments. Wouldn't that be just amazing? Wouldn't that just be great? Wouldn't it be great that I know where, where does our president get his money? Boy, that'd be really great too. I would like to see a just sort of a okay we had fun we got drunk one night we did we made a few mistakes let's go take our you know morning walk back to reality and return to a time where yeah things you might not agree with everything but at least you know the folks in charge are competent okay you may not agree with them but oh yeah okay they know that you can do that and they know oh yeah that's illegal you you, you can't do that i have friends all over the world, being an adventurer and explorer. And um, most of my foreign friends are saying, boy, what's uh, what's going on over there, buddy? What's, uh, it's, like, it's almost the analogy of you went to Vegas and you came back with an exotic dancer's a wife. Boy, what what's going on? You made some poor choices. You might want to re-examine things. So I am voting for Biden because this is, we cannot... I mean, there's a 35% 30, nation think this is boy howdy, the best thing ever. But I feel like the majority of us here in the United States feel like, man, you know what? We took a chance and 
you know what? There's a reason why we take our car to mechanic. They know how to fix cars. A buddy down the street who, you know, on TV, boy, he's around a lot of cars. Turns out, doesn't know a goddamn thing about cars. I like that analogy. Um, all right, to Tim here. Um, what is something you want Joe to implement in his first 90 days in office? Well, I would like an independent Department of Justice. First things first, we need to depoliticize the Department of Justice. I think once we do that, we're going to follow the trail of breadcrumbs that is the Mueller report, and we will start unpacking what I think is um, a, a pretty tangled uh, conspiracy. Um, so there's that. You know, I, I, I remember when Obama was elected, there was this notion that we weren't going to look too closely at what the previous administration did, getting us into a war in Iraq. And I think that was a mistake. I think the Obama administration went for healing. Uh, and perhaps what we needed more than healing was truth and reconciliation. And I think we might need a little truth and reconciliation after this Trump presidency is over. Uh, beyond that, I, I'd love to take a nice hard look at our um, at our nation's law enforcement agencies and, and see if we can take a look at how uh, get back to some model of community policing where the police unions aren't running the show and instead there's a, a little more citizen oversight of our police departments so that our police departments aren't paying out millions and millions of dollars in wrongful arrest lawsuits and then not firing the police officers responsible. I think there needs to be a little more citizen oversight of uh, law enforcement and I'd like to see that start from the top. Absolutely. Same question to you, Shane. Uh, what is something you want Joe to implement in his first 90 days in office? I, I think there's really two things. You know, I, I mentioned the COVID-19 response before. I mean, I think that has to be priority number one, right? Like we, we have to get this under control. I think that's been something that, that Joe Biden's been talking about. You know, let, let's come in, let's allocate the funds. Let's get the funds to states that need it. Let's get it to hospitals that need it. Let's get the start, you know, moving toward what uh, the sciences are saying are the, is the best course of action and using executive power to do that. Um, you know, I think it's something that the president can do. And uh, that's absolutely like day one you can do. Um, I think the other, the other big thing for me is, is build, rebuilding those relationships with foreign countries. Let's get back into the Paris Accord. Let's, you know, kind of, kind of rebuild some of the environmental issues and the connections that we've made abroad that, you know, happened in the Obama Biden administration. Once again, that is executive action that can be taken in those first 90 days. I think, you know, that just focus on what, what can a president do? Let's do that first. And then, you know, then we can start tackling that bigger legislation. Absolutely. Uh, same question to you, Mr. Cole Sebastian. Um, what is something you want Joe to implement in this first 90 days in office if he's elected? Well, I mean, the president's only a part, a gear in the whole machinery of how things get done. And uh, I don't know if it's even possible, but I firmly believe we just need to change the way we send people to Washington, D.C. Worked great for, for 200 years. Hey, we had a good run of that. But this first past the post voting and limited ballot access where you have you know point uh, choice A and choice B, and that's it. 
that's that's just not doing it uh, for the country anymore. Um, if and like I said, I don't know how serious uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats would be about this, but if you really want to make things better, if you really want a representation of the voices of the United States, we got to change the way we send people to the United States, uh, the Congress, okay? Uh, I, I, there's, there's two examples that I really do enjoy. One is pra- pr- more possible than the other. Uh, in Maine, they have ranked choice voting. Where basically, you get a list of folks, and uh, you, you, you rank them, one, two, three, four, five, whatever. They count them all up. If no one gets 50%, number five, you're out of there. Then everyone voted for number five, they go to their second choice. Repeat, rinse, repeat until somebody gets 50% of the vote. So it's somebody some people really like and everyone else is okay with. So you don't get a situation where someone who pulls, you know, the largest mob of 38% gets to be in charge of everyone else and whatnot. And Maine suffered from that for several Several years where the governor, who as soon as he got kicked out, moved to Florida, said, I'm not never coming back to Maine again. Really terrible person, was governor for two terms, never cracked 40%. But because so many people like running in Maine, that was their issue. So I would like to see ranked choice voting implemented nationwide and that um, the ballot uh, requirements in states lowered. So I would like to see every year, every single election, you get at least three choices. Unless literally no one wants to do the job, then fine. All right. But like, for example, in my my state house uh, election this year, person's running unimposed. Okay. So he's going to win, obviously. I would like a situation where like if I wrote my name in the primary and I'm the only one who did and I filed the paperwork, I should win that primary. I might lose 90 to 10. That means the guy's doing a great job. If he beats me by two points, boy, howdy, maybe he needs to figure out what's going on here. That's a pretty good indication that he's a doodle. If I win, holy shit, no one like that guy. <laughs> so that's what I would like to see. Now, a system that I just love, and maybe because I'm biased because I'm Irish, is the Irish system. So give you a quick rundown how that works. The Ireland's broken up into parts, and each part sends three to five people to their parliament. So instead of one person representing a, a chunk of land, you get five, three or five people representing the three or five biggest group of opinions in that area. Sometimes it's three people from the same party. Sometimes it's five different people. Sometimes it's three different independents. If we had that sort of system going on here, but who we sent to Congress, you'd have less extremes on there. People would be campaigning to be your second and third choice. Instead of bringing out the biggest mob, like, hey, listen, I might be your first choice. Hey, put me down for number two. We're, 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 we're the same on 70% of things. I just think we prove things so much more and things will get done in Washington, D.C. Or, you know, climate change. <laughs> <laughs> nice little add-on. <laughs> Jasim, same question. What is something you want Joe to implement in the first 90 days in office? So I have a good feeling that in this recovery rural America will be left behind. So for the first 90 days, I would like Joe Biden to implement his rural America plan, where he plans to invest $20 billion into rural America, whether we're expanding broadband access to the people living in rural America, whether we're expanding healthcare access there, 
whether we're improving just the way we do agriculture, just all of that. I would love him to do that in the first 90 days. I like it. Okay. And, then, uh, and, also, and also, like, broadcast it, because that's, that's the part of the nation that doesn't like handouts, except for those farm subsidies. Boy, howdy. Oh, yeah. Oh, so many farm subsidies. So good. All right. So a lot of a lot of talk about President Trump, obviously, throughout the first uh, 20 minutes of the show here. So as you guys know, the next question is going to be, we often hear a lot about President Trump is considered a racist. But people refute this topic, um, whether you see the more recent news of uh, 50 Cent coming out in support of him, or you have the black Republicans of the world, some of which I've had on the show. And then, of course, some individuals state that there has been bills signed to help the uh, the black people of the community and, and help upbring the community over there. So the question to you guys is, do you consider President Trump a racist? And I'll let uh, Tim answer first. Yeah, because I've got a I'm double booked, so I got to head out in a second. But yes, he's he's a racist. Um, e even his own wife, his sorry, his first wife testified under oath that he had a copy of Mein Kampf on his bedside table. And I think all of his actions from the 70s through 2020 have indicated that he is a racist. And yes, he might have a black person come into the Oval Office and he might appear next to a black person um, at a rally. That doesn't undo the overall picture of time and time again, we see him uh, kowtowing to racists in our society and appealing to those racists and then pursuing uh, policies that are going to leave behind uh, people of color. So yeah, I, I don't even think it's it's worth discussing. I have a follow-up for you real quick before you uh -huh. go, Tim. I know you have to go, but my question to you is this. So obviously there's a lot of questions around some of the stuff that the past issues with Biden. Biden has been on record stating back in his mm -hmm. early days of being a senator and stuff like that, holding back individuals. And then you have Kamala that has, has record incarcerations mm -hmm. with that demographic as well. So what is your, what is your follow-up to maybe somebody saying to you, okay, well, yes, he was once upon a time potentially racist, but now maybe he's a changed person. Now, the, uh, the shoe's on the other foot with Biden. What do you say to that? Uh, so so you're asking me if, if Trump could be a changed person? Possibly, be, because if you look at it, because right. obviously with Biden, it's the same way. B Biden has had a history of... Um, well, Bi Biden's history, though, I mean, we're talking about the fact that... that Clinton went with that super predator uh, policy and, and Biden supported it, right? Is that what you're referring to? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, granted, I, I, I hated that policy when it came out and the idea of mandatory, um, you know, sentencing, I, I think has just been a boon to the, to the private prison industry. And, and I, th I think that's been a disaster all along. But I think once you see him in the White House interacting with President Obama and then picking a person of color as his vice presidential candidate, I think that puts things in a new light. Um, and meanwhile, President Trump's consistent Twitter 
platform has been all about demonizing people of color. And so I, I haven't seen any change from President Trump, despite what Kanye or Ice Cube may be saying at the present time. Thank you so much for joining us, Tim. All right. Great seeing you all, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. So the follow-up, the, the question now is posed to you, Shane. I'm going to let you hit it next. Obviously, I'm going to follow up with the same question. First, I want you to answer the question, do you consider President Trump a racist? So I, I do. And look, look, you know, I'm a middle-aged white male. So, um, you know, that that's that's my perspective. Um, and, and I think there is kind of two side. I think there's kind of three sides to it. If I'll say that we have the historical side, right. And you, you know, Tim kind of hit on that from the department of justice suing, uh, him and his company to refusing to rent to black tenants, lying to black applicants that there are no apartments available. You know, the central park five, um, uh, you know, what, what he, he did in terms of going hard after those young, um, black men. Um, and then I think, you will have the more present issues, right? It's, it's not just 30, 20 years ago. We have the Obama birthing incident and how hard he pushed that President Obama wasn't born in this country. Uh, we have, you know, the, the, the building of a wall calling people from Mexico uh, rapists and murderers, um, you know, and, and just to, even just this push of law and order um, as a history teacher, I mean, it, it's out of the Richard Nixon playbook that that changed the demographics of America that turned the South to Republican. Right. I mean, it, it's some of the, the same kind of rhetoric that he's using, whether he realizes it or not. And then I think the third thing to me is just denying that systemic racism exists to me. Like that's that's the big red flag. Uh, we saw, you know, very clearly Vice President Pence say that in um, his debate uh, that it does not exist. And to me, that that is kind of whether you ha feel like you're racist or not, you know, that's something to say, hey, this exists and we can tackle it. Um, I, I think to your your question, which is very fair on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's past, um, is that they have apologized for it. And that that's that's all I need. Right. Like I, I'm open to people changing. You go back to the town hall that Joe Biden had. They asked him about that uh, crime bill, about the super predator bill. He said some parts were bad. It was wrong. I was wrong. And to me, that's presidential. Uh, I am willing to accept. I think the American people are willing to accept someone to say, hey, I was wrong back then. Things have changed and I have changed. And uh, that's not something I think I've seen President Trump be capable of. It's not something I, I think we've seen him be forefront and able to do. And um, to me, that, that would be such a big thing. And he still can't do it even with this presidential election looming large. Question to you, Colt, uh, real quick here. Um, it, it, same question to you. Do you consider President Trump a racist? Uh, you know, Trump is an old man. He's in his 70s. He's an old man who has lived a very sheltered, privileged life and does not have a lot of experience meeting other people. And I'm sure in his mind, hey, I hung out with... Uh, Muhammad Ali, that makes me okay. He doesn't have any experience. I think he just doesn't care about anyone. And just, he says terrible things about minorities. He says terrible things about everyone. And his language so coarse that the words he says today, probably perfectly okay in 1975 at Studio 59, not so much today. 
And whereas you have Joe Biden, who's practically the same age, has evolved. Okay, he's he's kept up with culture. You know, if if Johnson blew into here and said the same things Donald Trump said, like holy shit, Johnson's a racist. <laughs> but if Johnson came in here eighty years old, looking adorable with his his pods in his ears and his old man, we'd say, well, you know, he's eighty years old, so you know that's, that's the way it is. Different thing. Throughout the president of the United States, we can't have somebody operating with a 1960s mindset towards everything and just go, well, you know, that's that's just the way he is. Um, he just he has just never left a 1970s mindset, you know, 1970s compared to the 1930s. Yeah, things were better. 2020 compared to 1970. Yes, we have made progress. But if you were just stuck in 1970, like, well, hey. Work's done here. Let's go do something else. I just don't think he he doesn't he doesn't care. Okay, I mean, obviously, if he was a David Duke racist, he would have Kanye West in the in, in the White House. If he was a Woodrow Wilson racist, you know, he, he'd be playing Birth of America every, on the weekend on the, on the White House lawn. Okay, I just don't think he cares about anyone, and he's stuck in a 1970s cultural mindset. That you know was okay for the seventies compared to the thirties, but that compared to now, yeah, you, you you just can't do that. If you look at the movies from the seventies and eighties, that were blockbuster hits. Wow, that'd be a lot of money. Oh boy, that did not hold up well over time at all. Holy shit! Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, so I think by today's standards, yes, he does a lot of shit that is not cool. Um, but I think that's just more of him being an old man who never moved along with the rest of culture. We all have relatives who are old who use language that we go, ugh, all right, well, thank goodness this is Thanksgiving and not a public place. And he's that he's that he's that guy. He's that guy with a nuclear coat. So that's a bit of a problem. Justin, question to you. First of all, I'm surprised none of you have mentioned the Muslim travel ban that Trump has inaugurated. Like, seriously, when I first heard about it, I have people in my community who go to my local mosque daily. They were all stressed because they have relatives that are coming home, you know, for like the holidays and all. And they ended up, they ended up getting stuck by TSA. Tell me that is not racist because you have other people from the same countries, they're different religion. They get to go free. But Muslims, oh, ever since Trump made that rule, they're just detained, ask too many questions, can't see their families. It is brutal, okay? And what's really interesting is that, especially in Myanmar, where you have a genocide, where you have the people hunting down Muslims because they think all Muslims are bad, many people in Myanmar, they actually want to come to the U.S. because of that religious freedom and all. But Trump even targeted them as well. So it's like these people, they're trying to escape from hell. And Trump's like, sorry, but you can't come here because you're Muslim. So pretty much he's letting these people go out and die. My people. So yeah, it's kind of personal, but. That's okay. I mean, that's, that's, the, yeah. the, you know, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, all right. So the transition here is I, I had a friend of mine on here, Samir Armstrong. We talked about uh, different uh, topics, obviously, with Trump. She's uh, voting for him in the upcoming election. Now, obviously, in the news recently, um, we've heard a lot about Hunter Biden um, and, and some of his doings or undoings. 
Obviously, we're, we're just going to speculate. We don't know what is true, and we're not going to claim to know what we do know is true or not. But I'm going to put a hypothetical world out there to you guys in this grand scheme of things. So if some of these things come out as true against Biden, another big vocal point is mail-in voting, voting early, all of that as well. So this kind of all ties in. You guys understand the question here, obviously. But with that being said, if some of this stuff comes out to be true and Joe had just even the smallest remote of doings involved in this, what does this go to some of the people that have already submitted their ballot? Do you consider early voting and or mail-in uh, voting a problem? That's that's question one. But then also the question, what do you feel like, what, what would your feelings be if it is comes out to be true that Joe had some sort of doing inside this whole Hunter thing. And my question will be to you first, Shane. So look, I, I don't think this is an issue in terms of early voting or voting by mail. You know, I, I think my argument um, to Ms. Armstrong would be that each person has a choice if they want to vote early or not. Right. There, there's no state where it said you can't go to the polls anymore. You're not allowed to vote on election day. Right? So you don't have to. If you, I think if there's anyone out there that hasn't made up their mind, and I, I imagine it's not a ton of people, I don't think the undecided uh, vote is very big in this election, um, they, they probably aren't voting by mail. They probably aren't voting early. They're probably going to wait and, and see that. And we can extrapolate this. What if something comes out 10 a.m. on election day? Well, everyone's got to vote at noon, right? You know, you, you can always make that argument, um, I, I think, out there. We can always break it down further if we want to. Because uh, there's nothing in, uh, there's no law that situates that you have to vote on election day, right? Statute 2 of the 28th Congress uh, sets that date as the day that electors must be appointed uh, by state and even allows states to extend it if they want to. So it actually gives that leeway um, in that statute. So um, because we have the Electoral College, because we're a representative democracy, there's nothing about when I have to vote or when you have to vote. Um, it's just that those electors have to be appointed. So um, so I, th I think that's really interesting just in terms of that. I think if you want to wait, wait, you know, uh, wait it out. Um, I mean, I, I voted by mail already. Uh, it's, it's already been- Do you think there's an issue with mail-in balloting? I, I, I think it's actually, to me, it's a lot better in terms of me knowing um, where it is, right? You know, I go to the polling place and, and, and nothing against going to the polling place uh, for sure, because I've done it for a ton of time. But I go, you know, I go to the machine, I, I hit the buttons and, and I hit the send button. And that's the last I hear of it, right? I, I, I vote by mail. I get the ballot. I fill it out. I get... Um, you know, I get an email when that ballot's coming. So I know it's coming. I get an email when it's been received. I know that it's there. I know that they have it. Um, and to me, that, that's almost more secure that I kind of can track my ballot. I know where, where it is and where it's going. So, you know, I, I think I think that states can, you know, do what they want to. But uh, I, I'm for increasing the amount of people to vote. And I think if everyone votes, our, our country is better. And I think giving that access isn't a bad thing. Uh, and so I think that, you know, my, my grandmother, when, when she was ill living with my parents, she couldn't vote because she, she couldn't go vote. She can't vote absentee. Uh, we didn't have no one voting then. Like, why is she not allowed to vote? Uh, Cause she can't make physically make it there. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that access should be, um, should be there, but 
uh, you know, I'll let I'll let these other guys tackle that, and we we can we can address the, the hundred. We'll yeah, we'll address the Biden thing in a minute. So, question is to you guys, Jasim, uh, do you think there is an issue with the mail in ballot uh, ballot uh, mail in voting, and do you think that there is an issue with the potential early voting with uh, revelations coming out a little bit later with the potential of all right, I wasn't sure who I was going to vote for, but I voted early just so I didn't have to go. Basically, just because there's a lot of people that vote early because they don't want to stand in lines on the election days, et cetera, et cetera. So do you think there's an issue with mail-in uh, mail voting? And B, do you think that um, that causes potential rift later on in the uh, election process? It's quite funny that ever since President Trump said that this mail-in voting system is like a big scam and stuff like that, that's when it really started becoming a problem, like from what I've noticed. If he didn't like talk about it at all, the mailing voting process would have been like really smooth. You wouldn't have people burning those um, ballots and stuff like that. Um, and regarding your Hunter Biden thing, I find that to be a really small detail. Like, did he kill anyone? No. So yeah. Colt? Do you consider um, mail-in mail -in voting a issue? And, no. Uh, no. If, if you are okay with absentee ballots, then you should be okay with mail-in ballots. I can only speak for the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but it's the same thing, different label. Why? Here in Pennsylvania, we have a 1933 election law, and when they changed it, they didn't take anything out, they just, you know, they just stapled extra pages to the back. So legally, in Pennsylvania... You have to have absentee ballots and mail-in ballots. Okay, they are they are le legitimately the same thing, different labels. That's all. So, if you are okay with absentee ballots, then you are, have to be okay with mail-in ballots. If you don't like anything done in the mail, that everyone should vote on one day and that's it because you want to be in bed by one a.m. knowing who's winning. Fine, that's great. Be consistent. Then you should also have you if you can if you want that, then you need to figure out how not to have people waiting eight hours in line to vote. And boy, howdy, it's always the same places every year, too. Hmm. With a very cosmopolitan makeup of demographics. It's always never in the middle of Iowa, where people have to wait for eight hours. Never in Wyoming. Always the college town. So if you can figure out how to do that, and it's not hard, they do it in the United Kingdom, then fine. If you want them all mailing, have everyone go, fine. As long as you can figure out a way that everyone can go in and out in, half, in, in 20 minutes, make sure the resources are where they need to be at every location, then fine. Why not? But mail-in ballots are perfectly secure. You cannot get eight and then send them back. Folks are saying, I got eight mail-in ballots in the mail. No, you got eight applications from people who need to spend the money by the end of the quarter to justify their existence as a super PAC. That's what you got, friend. Okay. In the Pennsylvania, if you, send, if you request a second mail-in ballot, that goes into a record. And if you send them both back, they're not going to open them. They're going to say which one is the valid one. Oh, it's this one, and they toss the other one. Okay? You have to sign the back. You have to jump through more hoops to get a mail-in ballot than you would to go to the, to go to the to the voting place. So, I mean, it's it's just, you know, that Colt 45 clicking in, you know, parroting the, parroting the talking points. I find that everyone who has a problem with mail-in ballots and the and, and voting voting stuff have not run polls, have not gone to election training classes, and actually don't know how election law works. Okay, I've argued with a few people uh, running election like I should be able to vote for whoever I want. 
Well, you're registered in the Constitution Party. This is a primary. Well, in Pennsylvania, we can vote for whoever we want. No. Well, who said? The Republican legislature in 1933 did. Ah. So, it's fine. As for changing your vote, no. <laughs> you know, I, I, if, if, if it's 8 a.m., you learn something new, you can't rush back and change your vote then. Like, if you're okay with that, then fine. Okay, but if you're not okay with that, then you should not be okay with with the other thing. Okay, so it's a privilege to vote early, and that's it. You know where the hell you want. You can't be rushing in and, and doing it at the very at the very moment. It's not like an eBay auction where you're trying to get in there at the very end or whatnot. Okay, vote, put in. If you mess up the signature, then yeah, you can probably have a second chance. But that's like going to the polling place. You print out your ballot. Ah, damn it. I put X's in all my my circles. Then they give you another one to fix it. And then once it's submitted and accepted, that's all she wrote. All right. So I'm going to, um, before we give any parting thoughts here, um, I figured this was a good question. I got this from somebody. Um, prior to serving as vice president of the United States, I would like, um, Shane, I'll let you have the floor on this one. What was one effective policy that Biden helped pass? I, I, I'm, I'm just happy that there's something to go back to, right? I, I'm, I'm glad that he has a record, even if it's not perfect for what I would agree with. But um, I, I think his uh, Protect Our Children Act, uh, it was uh, huge. You know, if, if you want to look at one senator whose goal was to reduce, you know, uh, child trafficking and reduce Internet crimes against children, it was Joe Biden. Uh, and, you know, for something that some of the, you know, far conspiracy theorists have thrown out against him, this is a guy that's, that's on record as fighting those things. You know, the Protect Our Children Act established the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Uh, this is what started uh, very early in the, you know, in the Internet's kind of infancy of allowing law enforcement and federal agents to go online and catch predators. And to me, that's I mean, I mean, that, that that's an incredible thing as early as it was for uh, something that became, uh, you know, uh, would be a major problem and continues to be, uh, you know, he was at the forefront of that. And, and to me, you know, that that's someone that I want as the president of the United States. Absolutely. Um, all right. So before we go, um, I, I just kind of wanted to give each one of you 30 seconds to talk about the upcoming election. Um, you can say whatever you guys want. It's, it's kind of your parting words to the uh to the show to talk about like, like i said whatever you want as long as it's regarding to the upcoming election um colt i will let you kind of kick this off there sure uh folks there's a lot of mailing ballots there's a lot to think you're not gonna you're probably i mean as much as we all would love it you're probably not gonna know by the time you pass out on tuesday who exactly what you probably have an idea but in a lot of these places it's gonna take a little bit of time and guess what it did it did in the 1800s too okay so you know if you if you love the founding fathers hey it's just like the old times okay you don't quite know right away um go out though your vote matters okay and you and you should think boy well i have to do this for another four years no you should vote twice a year because next year local elections impact you probably more than this whole thing put together okay and uh if you find yourself just Oh, you're 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 achy and, and you're, you're you're just tense and whatnot. 
Get two of Ageless Rapid Relief Cream. I'm a brand ambassador for them. Go to my Instagram page. Use my code. Get 50% off. And boy, I tell you what, with the hemp extract and essential oils, it is fantastic. Thanks for that cheap plug there, Colt. Oh, no. I, I, I bring it up in everyday conversation, naturally. You're fine. Um, Justin, same question to you. Any parting words out uh, into the world about the upcoming election? So I find that there's still going to be a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not voting because the candidates aren't great. Well, here's the thing, folks. Our ancestors in America, they fought hard, blood, sweat, and tears just to give us the right to vote. So if I were you, I wouldn't let their efforts go to waste. Vote for who you feel best aligns with your values. That's all I got. Shane, same question to you. So I, I kind of like to pontificate a bit uh, and make predictions, right? I mean, f football, that's what we do, uh, Ricky. Ooh. So, you know, I, I want to pontificate on what I, how I think this election will turn out. Um, you know, if, if Biden were to get upset, it would actually be the biggest upset in presidential election history, right? Uh, I mean, Dewey and Truman was the biggest, and that was a 5% differential. Two weeks out, Biden's polling at, at minimum 8%. So it'd, it'd be pretty bad if, as long as that holds. I think uh, I think the electoral college is going to be 306 Biden, 232 Trump. I think Biden will take the Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, and one of Ohio and Pennsylvania, and kind of clinch it. I think popular vote is going to be about 38.2 million for Biden, 32.58 million for Trump, about 54 to 46, and I think it'll be the biggest um, you know raw turnout in U.S. history uh, in, in this election. I want I want chime in here. I love doing numbers. <laughs> I, I think Trump does not break 200. I think oh. he is sub 200. I think there's a nine to 10 point population uh, voting difference. Uh, and that if, if Trump does win, he does not take the popular vote. And this continues the trend of since 1988, only one election where the GOP has had more votes than Democratic uh nominee and if that is an indication that maybe we need to think about doing things differently i i, mean, I got nothing for you but that's that was a, that's my numbers prediction there thank you guys so much again for your time today i really do appreciate you guys coming on the show um i hope everybody at home enjoyed that as well and, and like i said my goal with these shows is to hear both sides of the fence um, for me to just kind of let you guys have your guys' platform, let you guys speak in what you believe in. I really do appreciate your guys' words. Um, they really did mean a lot. And I think that we could help motiv motivate the change of the world. Maybe we have a couple more of these. Maybe we have a couple Republicans on with us and we have the conversation. But the conversations are what matter to this country, I think, as a collective whole. Whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, independent, it doesn't matter what you are. The conversations are what need to be happening each and every week. So thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Enjoy myself immensely. <laughs>